1: Happy, I don't know, Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day, whichever (laughs) you choose. However you choose to celebrate, happy day off. Um, Not for us, though. (laughs) Whatever, however you celebrated it, you didn't think about Columbus or the Indigenous people, (laughs) right? You you didn't really care. (laughs) So uh, I'm Marcus Farrow. He's Chris McCarthy. Sorry, I took your intro. No, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we've been uh, featuring the sheriff's race. It's probably the most important race that, well, it is the most important local race that we have going on. Um, Definitely the most hotly contested. And we had the sheriff on, Tom Hodgson, last week for his uh, interview from 7 to 9. And tonight we have his Democratic challenger, Attleboro Mayor Paul Harreau. Hey Paul, how's it going? Hey Marcus, thanks for having me back on. Chris
2: is nice to meet you. In nice to meet you, both.
1: So uh, we'll be taking your calls throughout these uh, throughout the uh, two hours at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on and talk to Mayor Haro uh, if you'd like. So um, I do want to start uh, with something I just learned about you. Just as a, uh, that I just learned about you recently. You took your dog cross country uh, a few
2: years back. It made national news. Yeah, yeah, my dog, um, Mira, she had been with me uh, since she was a little puppy in 2008. And then when I campaigned, we uh, collected signatures together out in front of uh, the grocery stores. When I got elected as state representative, she went with me to uh, walk in parades or to schools, Council on Agings. Um, and so she was uh, quite well known in the community. And I then basically, um, you know, when she, you know, she was at work with me at City Hall, and it was September of 2018. And I basically, she, I picked her up, or she came walking over to me, and she was kind of wobbling, and she didn't look okay. And so I picked her up, and she just passed out. Oh. Um, so you know, I immediately rushed her to the uh, vet, and then they referred me to take her to uh, the Tufts Veterinary Hospital in Walpole and you know they saved her life but what happened was she had a tumor pressed up against her spleen oh god and you know so I, you know, it so it had been growing and then a week later i found out that she had blood cancer uh she had a hemangiogeosarcoma which is a, a you know terminal blood cancer and it's not too uncommon in dogs so i think there's got to be something in our shots or that we're feeding them or something that we're giving them and i'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything but this you know it's very common so um they stabilized her and she started her chemo treatment and I hadn't had a vacation in literally three and a half years I mean it, it was this last time. I took vacation was when I went to Istanbul in August to 2015 and so here we are in you know late 2018 so I um, you know, I decided to tr- take a road trip with her to go out to meet her breeder in Vancouver Island, British Columbia, which is basically just a little bit north of Washington State. What kind of dog was she? A little Japanese breed. A little Japanese wolf. You know, she looks like a little wolf, so I call her a Japanese wolf dog. <laughs> but her breed is called Shikoku Inu or Kochi Ken. So that's why I just say Japanese wolf dog. Um, Thank but, you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, we basically, you know, as I went into um, new states, Uh, nobody cares about seeing a picture of me. You know, I don't do a selfie (laughs) with me in front of, you know, like the the big billboard that says entering Ohio or entering Wyoming or something. So it was cute to put a, take a picture of the dog entering these states. And then when we went to Yellowstone national park or, you know, Mount Rushmore, um, you know, and uh, you know, so I just took pictures with her and stuff and those just went viral. So it turns out that uh, a lot of dog lovers out there, but, you know, this was finally a story of a politician who was not involved in a scandal that's going <laughs> on. and um, but yeah, the story went uh, viral. I was on TV in Australia, you know, England, uh, Canada, a couple of stations in Canada because I'd gone through there. But overall, it was 8,500 miles, 12 days. And when I arrived home on a Friday morning, um, I got home like four or five in the morning or something like that, whatever it was. I know I ended up driving like 22 Hours straight to get to work on time because we had a, a dedication to the former mayor. I named uh, something after Kevin Dumas. so I had to get home that day to you know to That's be. Nice there you time. beat the guy and then was you named something
1: after him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was he, it a bar. He, no,
2: no. It was uh, the <laughs> Kevin Dumas River Walk. So okay. it was right. a project that he started with Gary Eurasian, the city planner, and I finished it. And, you know, Kevin did a lot of uh, he he was an excellent mayor for a long time. He really was. You know, he's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. And, you know, but he was an excellent mayor for a long time, but he stayed too long. He, and, and people w- asked me to run against him. And, you know, because in 2016, the school budget school budget got botched. And so a lot of people said, please, please, you know, you're the only other heavyweight politician in the city who can probably take him on. And. I really didn't want to, but I uh, thought about it, and I, you know, felt like it was the right thing to do, and it was time for change, and so I um, decided to, uh, you know, run for that. And it was probably March of 2017 when I finally made up my mind to do that. Well, what th-
0: happened to the first dog?
2: So Mura, oh, her name Miura. Um, I'm sitting here waiting to find we're about. I'm,
0: I'm, 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 I'm on blood. Cancer. <laughs> yeah, I go off
2: on Sorry. <laughs> so Mura basically, uh, she, we had a nice trip. We went around the country, uh, 8,500 miles. Uh, you know, it was I when I got home my gosh like it was another part-time job just dealing with the press coverage you know there was so many people who wanted to do an interview Don Daylor on uh, I think CBS news um, ABC or CBS I know it wasn't NBC you know he he came in from uh, New York State and uh, you know so we had that and that was the 15 minutes of Fame and then um, in March of 2019 Uh, she finally passed away but she didn't actually die of the cancer she died of a heart condition caused by the chemotherapy oh yeah so interesting yeah so basically they told me they said without chemo you're only gonna have six months with her okay with chemo you'll have maybe six months to a year I said okay well let's do the chemo then right but either way I got six months because the dosage apparently was a little too much for her little 33 pound body and she um and I remember she, uh, you know, she just uh, was, you know, stayed as ho- at home with me as much as possible. And she was, I just tried to make her last um, last months as comfortable as possible. Um, but yeah, it was really sad though. She was my little girl. Yeah. So,
1: um, but you are running a campaign for sheriff. <laughs> I started that. It was, I thought it was a nice icebreaker. Yeah. And we got some calls. People have been waiting a long time. They want to talk to you. So let's sure. let's get let's go to the phones. Good evening, you're live with Mayor Harrow.
3: Good evening, uh, sir. How are you? Good? Um, yeah, I basically uh, have uh, actually a couple of questions. Uh, the sheriff seems to be getting a lot of uh, endorsements uh, by different police departments, including um, a police. And I've noticed that you're not. Is it because they don't want to work with you or because you're soft on criminal? Is that the perception?
2: Uh, thank you for this. Thanks for the call. Appreciate yeah. it. So, i just turn my volume down a little bit. I turned it too much myself. Sure. So, no, first of all, I don't actually ask for endorsements. Um, I've always been out-endorsed in my campaigns. Always. Just look at the most recent race of the Democratic primary. Uh, when I was running for mayor back in 2017, I was vastly out-endorsed. Uh, you know, Kevin Dumas, the current mayor, had a lot more, the then current mayor, had a lot more endorsements. Heather Perica, when, in 2019, she had far more George Ross in two thousand twelve, Burt Buckley in two thousand fourteen. I always get out endorsed. I, I don't seek him out, um, but I would let me actually just point out a couple of things though about you know me and the police. I tripled the police training budget. First of all, okay. I, as I, mayor of Attleboro. As mayor of Attleboro, I've tripled the police training budget. That's the first thing. Um, you know, we we've created a traffic unit. And I work with the police chief on doing that. That means we hired more police officers to staff that traffic unit, new police officers, not just replacing uh, old ones that had left. We created a cyber unit, cyber, uh, that's actually the cyber unit recently just busted a a ring of people who were doing financial exploitation of seniors. And so that was done out of Attlebro. But I also want to point out something. Folks might remember back in February when my police chief Kyle Hegney uh, was in hot water. Uh, the court of public opinion was kind of crucifying him for what it looked like he was pushing a 17-year-old kid. And as soon as I learned about the video, you know, what happened, you know, I was you know at work and somebody, another city councilor sent me a video and she said, hey, Kyle, what's up with this? You know, Kyle being the police chief. I said, what's going on with Kyle? Um, you know, pushing the 17-year-old kid. It looks like he's out of control. So I watched the video and I said, let me find out. You know, there's two sides to every story. So I immediately went over to the police department. I walked into Kyle's office and I closed the door and I said, hey, you're on uh, You're on YouTube. You're on, and he said, you're famous. He said, uh, I said and he looked at me, he knew what it was about. He immediately knew. And I said, yeah, I said, so, so let's go over this. I said, the press is gonna be calling me. And so we went over that. I watched that video 20, 30 times, you know, just in his office alone with him. And every split second, I asked him what um, what were you thinking? Why did you do this? What were you thinking? Why did you do it? Every, every movement. And, you know, there was a reason for everything. This was not a person who was uh, acting uh, out of control. You know, he was he intercepted uh, an imminent assault on the referee because that's what the 17 uh, the year old kid uh, was indicating that he was going to do by his body language, the way he was talking. So, you know, basically the, the moral of the story is I got the police, police chiefs back and oh, I at a time a,
1: where it was politically con- uh, c- convenient
2: for you to do so exactly i was just going to say that so this is a time you know this is february uh many months ago and people were there's still a lot of uh, you know uh, high profile cases of police abuse all over the country and you know it would have been easy for me just to um just to say you know hey let's just, you know let's let's just wait this out and see what happens uh, the family never pressed charges um you know we, we have the city hasn't been sued uh but you know i i looked at that and i said hey you know the police chief did not use excessive force he used force but he used the appropriate amount of force and then he walked away from it so this idea that you know uh and actually let me give you another example every time i get a complaint about something that a police officer has done i always go to the chief and say what's the other side of the story and there's always another side of the story and i think every single time I've walked away and said, thank you. That's all there is to say about that. Do you guys have body cams, Paul? We are, yes and no. We have purchased the body cameras and I purchased the body cameras. We, the police chief right now um, is working out the policy with the union. So they took a policy uh, from the state police and from Boston police, and now they're t- kind of blending those and tweaking it so that it applies to Attleboro. But uh, we spent about $500,000 on body cams for police officers. And I wanted, police officers to have body cameras yeah. because it protects police officers against false accusations I agree. I agree, and it also protects the public as well. But you know, it, it, we have an excellent police force in Attleboro though. Um, not only did I purchase body cameras, but Attleboro has never had riot gear in city history for police. Like we, we had an event um, in June of 2020. It was a BLM black lives matter event. It was a rally at Capron park and uh you know when you know we we had every police officer i think about 50 50 60 police officers in the um you know in the police headquarters we did not want to kyle and i the chief we talked about we're not going to put a police presence a uniform police presence um at the event because we didn't want to antagonize the antagonists and so everybody was back at police headquarters but uh eventually a, a you know mob moved down to uh you know police headquarters and i say mob it was a, a gathering of people you know i don't want to judge it or anything but they were they were pretty ticked off but later i found out that not a single police officer had any riot gear so if things had gotten ugly i wasn't okay with that right. so for the first so i said kyle we're gonna get some riot gear, and he great wonderful you know so uh you know but i would um you know, a lot of people just say, "Oh, Paul's a Democrat. He's, you know, obviously about defunding the police." Nope, I did just the opposite. I increased funding for the police, and I got the police chiefs back when it was politically unpopular to do that. And over my entire tenure as mayor, I have um, basically, I've, I've everything the police chiefs ask for, I've given. You know, and so we you know we have a, a better police force now. Um, you know, and, and the union, the police union, president and vice president. We text and talk on a regular basis. It's you know not a lot, but you know they are comfortable just reaching out to me anytime they want, and I'm comfortable reaching out to them and just tell them what's going on. So we have a very good relationship. But but as far as the endorsements go, uh, you know, from the the, you know from the point of view of uh, you know um, you know endorsing the incumbent, I mean that that kind of comes with the power of the incumbency. You know, it's just. uh, you know, except it, with me in two thousand fourteen, I still was out endorsed. You know, w- against Burt Buckley when you know he was uh, you know uh, passed away a couple of years ago. He was probably the best candidate, or best opponent I've ever had. Just the nicest guy. Um, but yeah, everybody's always out endorsed me, and I just don't think anything of it. 508-996-0500. nine nine six zero five hundred. We've got some
1: calls. Lines are almost full. You can call in now if you want. Good evening. You're live with uh, Mayor Harrell. Hello. Like you said, Chris is the quick and the dead. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. You're live with Mayor Harel. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes.
3: Hi. Uh, so I want to start off by saying that I'm not far left. I'm not far right. I identify as a free thinker. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I down live in New Bedford. I wear braids. I listen to rap music. I'm a black-owned small business of two cafe restaurants in the South Coast and. I just want to point out that I care more about facts and data for a leadership role than a tie that was possibly sold at a local TJ Maxx, right? So judging someone based on their appearance is a prejudice that concerns me more than a tie. Because I personally have been affected by, you know, people judging my appearance, you know? And most of us have a photo at home that captures some sort of bad fashion moment. so you know, those pictures shouldn't be used to slander or bully us, like some sort of mean girls routine. I'm calling because I actually know the sheriff and I can tell the difference between a politician and a friend, so I felt compelled to call in because silence is compliance. And if you know someone and you know their their genuine side, to allow somebody to slander them or constantly use this um, shield of racism in a world where, you know, uh, cancer culture can be uh, used as a, as a tool for uh, political campaign or, you know, to gain some sort of leverage. I feel like you need to voice out if you are friends with someone who is being under attack in that, in that form. And that's why I to calling him today. I wanted to know if, if Perot knows the sheriff personally, or if he's just making these statements based off of what his campaign is feeding him.
2: Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, f- at least three different uh, historians have all weighed in and said that is a Confederate tie. Uh, just before the program, I showed Chris McCarthy the website that you can actually find that exact tie on. It. It is. Con- I think everybody agrees yeah. that it's a Confederate flag right. tie. So it's it's the matter. The matter is intent. So you know. I, well, first of all, I, I you know maybe the sheriff didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. If he didn't know. That's problematic, and if he does know but doesn't want to say sorry, that's even more problematic, because of what that uh, you know that tie represents. That tie is, um, you know, I mean, a disproportionate number of people who are locked up are people of color, and that tie is a throwback to an earlier day of you know racism and you know it, like during the Deep South. I mean, it's just you know and slavery. Um, so, you know, it, it last okay two weeks ago I made a mistake. Two weeks ago, I issued a press release that um, that was botched. OK, we were we're not trying to call out the sheriff on all debates. He, I wasn't trying to say he was dodging all debates, but that's what we said. But that's not what I was trying to say. But I quickly admitted I made a mistake. And that's basically been the end of it, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, I, I think the sheriff should say, look, I made a mistake. You know, instead, I heard most recently, he says his wife bought him the tie, which reminds me of when Ted Cruz went down to Mexico when there was a storm. And he says, oh, well, my kids want it. It was kind of a deflection. It was just kind of it was just kind of silly. So, you know, there is a lot more to a person than their wardrobe, certainly. Um, you know, but this also it's it's not just this. There are a lot of other ties. Uh, and by that, I mean connections. Uh, with other very questionable groups, do we you know? do we
0: do we think that he should display his entire tie collection, Paul, so we can figure out what it means about him?
2: I think it would just be nice to hear an apology for the offense that wearing something like that and put, posting that on a government-owned website—that's that, all you know. I think is probably called for. You know, that's all that's necessary.
1: Here's what I'm going to do: we have full phone lines. Guys, please hold. I gotta take this break. Yeah. And then you you get to talk to Mayor Haro um, after the break. This is South Coast tonight with Chris McCarthy, Marcus Farrow, and Attleboro Mayor Paul Haro. Hey, phone lines are full. Uh, so Chris, let's let's go straight call, to the phones. The phone, yeah. yeah. Um, and if if you're trying to get through, I'm about to clear some calls, so you'll probably be able to get through if you call in at 508 996 500 That's how you can get on and talk to Attleboro Mayor uh, Paul Haro good evening you're live with mayor harrow
4: good evening gentlemen thank, thank you for taking my call of course uh i'm not really concerned about wardrobes so uh, what i'm more concerned about is public safety particularly the drug epidemic that we have here in the south coast uh and i'm reading this article that i printed in it my shake just reading it and it was uh about a uh, a big bust this past august uh and to her credit, Rachel Rollins brought, indicted these people on a major uh, federal bust. And uh, it goes on, I'm not gonna really get into it too much, but to her credit, she announced uh, 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 a bust that uh, involved some 33 pounds of fentanyl. And she cited the different organizations because it, uh, uh, the rest of this scope is, not not one agency can handle it. And it took the cooperation and collaboration of it, it mentioned Paul Oliveira, the police chief in New Bedford, the Haven Police Chief, Homeland Security, Mass State Police, Police Departments in Situate, Yarmouth, Tom, uh, Attleboro, Taunton. Uh, and it also mentioned the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. They were all part of a organized crime drug enforcement task force. And
1: they... Sir, so, so is there is there a question? Because we've got full phone lines. I'm sorry, I don't yeah, want to be rude. My,
4: my question is, this is so deadly. And uh, it it cites the Bristol County Sheriff's Department being involved in this task force. My question to Mr. Haru is, if elected, because he feels that it's not a law enforcement uh, position, would he end that relationship with these drug task force that the Bristol County Sheriff's House of Correction participates in as a partnership with
2: local and state uh, agencies? Okay, thank you. Okay, so the job of the Sheriff is to run a county jail. Okay, and... um, Just a little closer. A little closer. Okay, very good. So the job of the sheriff is to run a county jail. That's the main job. Uh, A sheriff is not a police officer, but to have uh, relationships, working relationships with you know different local state and federal law enforcement organizations is necessary i mean that when i was working in the philadelphia jail system and worked in the mass doc you know i was basically a statistician researcher in both of those capacities but the um you know i worked with you know uh the administration you know the the uh commissioner in philadelphia those relationships were going on uh, down there they go up on here they they have that's part of the job you know the um yeah so i mean we'll, we'll continue working with them absolutely 508-996-0500 as
1: i so can get on good evening you're live with mayor harrow
4: good evening fellas thanks for having the mayor on i think it's uh, the best show in uh this area for politics appreciate mayor, that came- yep uh mayor, you came to see me this summer down in payden Aram. and um you're quite popular there's lots of harrow signs down here um i asked you a question about illegal aliens mm-hmm. um you did not like the question um, I went back and challenged you again. You then looked at me when you knocked on my door and said, you're not going to vote for me. And you turned your back on me and walked away. How are you going to expect to handle constituents that come to you um, with tough questions when you won't talk to them?
2: Okay. So Thanks for the call. So your characterization of what just happened is not exactly how it went down i knocked on your door and one of the first things you asked me about was illegal immigration and i told you it's a job for the federal government and you know then you started heckling me about my response and you know so i said okay it was clear to me that you were not going to support me and i had a lot of doors to knock on so i moved on you know but i gave you an answer you didn't like it and you wanted to debate with me i do remember the conversation i knocked on over eleven thousand doors but i do remember a handful of them and you're right i did i walked away because it, like, like you, you wanted to sit there and debate me. You already had your mind made up and I had a lot of doors to knock on. So onward. You know, if you didn't want to vote for me, that's fine. But, f- you know, the, the sheriff in Massachusetts, a sheriff in Massachusetts has no statutory authority to enforce federal immigration law that's just you know how it is i mean there's just there's you know the, the job of the sheriff in massachusetts unless they're contracted to unless they're contracted but hodgson had a contract and then because of poor management he lost that contract you know and he says it's because of politics but name for me a bunch of other republicans that lost the contract they didn't it was it was it was poorly managed so but you're right though unless there's a contract to um you know, the, the sheriff's office can and should work with local, state and uh, federal law enforcement on immigration issues. We shouldn't be blocking or, you know, getting in the way of those issues, you know, but it, that's not the job of the sheriff. Our job is not to enforce federal immigration law. The job is care, custody, control and rehabilitation. And we could go back and talk about the uh, the somebody asked about drug epidemic, you know, and that is, you know, a place where a sheriff can have a lot of influence by offering significant amount of programming in the jail as I understand it, a lot of the programming going on right now in the sheriff's office has to do with like faith-based programming and you know that's fine but let's actually offer something that is peer reviewed and like you know an evidence-based program and then measure it you know to make sure that the drug treatment actually works so you know this you know that's one aspect and then you can also do advocacy in you know so a sheriff can also advocate for changing the immigration laws, and I think that's uh, certainly important, but the fact is, a sheriff doesn't actually get out there and enforce federal immigration law. They don't have the statutory authority. They're supposed to leave that to the federal government.
1: So, just to just to clarify a couple things, because this is something you've said, the job of the sheriff is to run a county jail. The main job. The main job. So, that means, that means you're not going to do away with some of the ancillary law enforcement capabilities of the sheriff's office if you're elected, the ones that the sheriff office has done. And if you were to be offered by the Biden administration an ICE contract,
2: you would refuse it? i don't know we have to look at to see I, I, I that's a hypothetical i don't know the answer to that yet really it's you know i have to find out what's involved who's going to be affected what's the you know what what's the impact of it how much are they going to fund it are they going to be taking staff away from it is it you know the, are they going to supply us with you know the equipment we need or are we are on our own to do that i mean it, there's a lot of questions i would have to ask because, you know as, as mayor you know i have a lot of programs going on in the city. And we don't apply for every grant that is offered to us because a lot of things, we just don't have the staff to tackle.
0: So um, Mayor Haru, um, you're a very nice guy. Um, Nice to meet you in person. Um, I do know you've knocked on a lot of doors. You knocked on my neighbor's doors, in fact, in Fairhaven. Um, As you point out rightfully, the main job is to manage the jail, Mm -hmm. to oversee the corrections officers. Mm -hmm. A lot of the corrections officers that you're going to be working with on a daily basis are veterans. They served in the military. It's a paramilitary organization. In researching you and preparing for this interview, I discovered you had a brief flirtation with the, with the Navy. You flunked out of the Navy or you were asked to leave. It's very unclear to me. No, neither of those are true. Well, before you finish calling me a liar, let, let's... I didn't... You put those words in your own mouth. <laughs> You're a QK. So I served in the military. Now, I have to tell you something. I find it very hard to respect you, and I think you what you're going to find is that most of the corrections officers who are prior service and who went through an academy and succeeded are going to find it very hard to take orders from you, Paul, um, and very, find it very hard to respect you because you couldn't make it. How are you going to lead the corrections office over there as a sheriff? How are you going to do it with, with this tremendous black mark on your record?
2: I wouldn't call it a tremendous black mark because... Didn't I, you
0: say it was the worst thing that ever happened in your life?
2: No, the biggest mistake of my life is oh, not okay. serving when I had the chance. So okay. please don't put words in my mouth. Um, so this has been covered by the Sun Chronicle. It was looked up back in 2012 and really I have nothing to add to it. Anybody that wants to know the story, just read the article that's available online and go ahead and, you know, I've said everything about it. I want to say about it. it back then it was covered by a reporter and that's all there is to the story so so
0: i understand that but most of our listeners around here are not reading the sun chronicle and weren't paying attention to it back then um that's why i found it so shocking i i uh i would have thought that someone might have it might have been indicated in in some of your supporters somehow someone would have probably Briefed me on this before, it, so it didn't come at the last minute like it's coming now.
2: It didn't come at the last minute, it was coming no, no, in 2012 before I was elected state rep, and then I was subsequently elected Right, but I'm, and, I'm saying and the and then people are elected, elected mayor, Excuse and I me. oversee a paramilitary Excuse organization with the police and the fire, and you know, so you know, and they have no problem taking orders. I well, mean, actually, that's interesting you say that because there is, there is, there was a big brouhaha between
0: you and the chief of police where. He was totally disrespectful to you. In fact, you ordered a gag order on him, according no, to the Providence no, Journal. I didn't,
2: no, I didn't, no, I didn't. It wasn't a gag you didn't? order. No, you it said wasn't. he had to ask permission before he spoke. On No, that's not true. On January 16th, 2018, I had a staff meeting with all department heads at the same time. And as a lot of other department, you know, uh, people that oversee multiple departments, any mayor, any governor, any president would say the same thing. If you want to talk about a high-profile policy issue... Talk to me before you talk to the press, because I want to make sure we're on the same page. And what Kyle, the police chief, did, who I have an excellent relationship with, um, what he did was he came out and he said that the mayor and the city council sold their soul for the almighty right. dollar. Right. right? That's and, pretty disrespectful, Paul. Well, yeah. And so he's also civil service. And so it is very disrespectful. He and I had a 90 minute conversation and he went away saying, wow i you know I, i'm sorry you know and so uh we've had we've had an excellent relationship ever since i mean i would just ask anybody go ahead and you know call him up call the you know he's not endorsing me and i don't ask any of my department heads to endorse me i keep the politics and the administration separate um they're not donating to me they're not uh you know because i i i'm not getting them involved with that but as far as um you know the uh
0: but I think it's a real—you dis- you labeled it insubordination, and I think you're correct. It was insubordinate. Yeah. Uh, it was a real disrespectful thing to say. I've never yeah. seen a chief of police talk about his boss like that, right? Well, he said it to the press. He didn't say it in a bar room. He said it well, to, actually, the bo- okay, to the there's,
2: press. More, there's more to it. So in that 90-minute conversation I had with the chief, he and I went over all the different things we, he talked about with the, uh, with the reporter. And as reporters often do, they take really uh, sensational— sound bites, and that was a, certainly a sensational one. So the chief told me, he said, no, no, Paul, that's not all I said. I said, okay, but that you did say, he said, yeah. So we had a really good conversation. I, I have an excellent relationship with the chief. You know, we, we you know, um, I would just ask anybody, call him up just say, hey, look, off the record, you know, and, and you know, he'll tell you that we work well together. Um, like I said earlier in this program, in this hour, you know, I, I got his back when uh, it was politically unpopular to do that. And I didn't have to do that. I and mean, if, if I still had a bad relationship with him, I could have probably gotten rid of him right then. But that would have been the wrong thing to do. I respect the chief. He's a brilliant uh, chief. I think he is. Um, he comes to me with a lot of really good ideas. Sometimes we disagree on things. Sometimes I change my mind. Sometimes he changes his mind. We we have an excellent relationship. But you know, like I said though, about the uh, you know the bit about the navy though, go ahead and just read the newspaper article. It was all it was all covered back then. But
0: you you, you did take an oath and then you you broke
2: it. Um, yeah. You that, took two of them, right? Which was the second one? You
0: took the first one at Meps mm-hmm. when you enlisted, right? Yeah, I was in the military, so I yeah. know how the whole thing right. goes.
2: Yeah, and I asked for an administrative discharge, and um, you know I received that. So why? I was immature at the time. I was eighteen. We all immature. We went yeah. in the army. That's that's the no, way it no, goes. No, that's right. That's why they called the infantry. No, that's right. And I was very immature, and um, that is the biggest regret of my life. And it's not. And I, if I could. But you un- see
0: why that by why guys who did serve, like myself, mm-hmm. find that really hard to overcome. I appreciate you went to Harvard. I think it's fantastic. Your educational credentials are unbelievable. You'd make a hell of a professor. and You're a real nice guy, but to take orders from you, I think it would be impossible. And I'm just saying that I think the jail would be chaos. With you as
2: the leader, is and Attleboro city government that we have a lot of? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have a veterans agent named Ben Quell. He and I work fine together. I had one before that, uh, Ken Battisher. He and I work fine together. We, you know, I mean it. Is Adelbrock chaos? No, we have the biggest stabilization the city's ever had. The biggest savings account, it's balanced budget, no layoffs five years in a row. Things are going pretty. Probably well. Probably
0: the largest collection of veterans and former military guys you're going to find in Bristol County are working at that corrections office, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. I just think it's a difficult yeah, and position so for a, you. So
2: right now, this,
1: this has been a this has yeah. been a great exchange. Mm-hmm. I got to take a break, and we've sure. got full yeah, phone yeah, yeah, go lines, so uh, I'm going to do that. If you're on the line, I appreciate you guys waiting, waiting patiently. Stay on the line. This is the South Coast tonight. We got Mayor Harrow in studio.
0: Listen to us live.
1: These calls, and and if you don't get through uh, this hour, you can call in the next hour. Uh, Mayor Haro is here till 9 o'clock. Good evening. You're live.
4: Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, Mayor Haro, thanks for taking my call also. Um, You know, I do find it a little odd that uh, uh, you don't want to answer uh, Chris's question uh, about the naval, but you expect it to be the sheriff to jump through hoops about his tie but speaking about the tie and least to the confederacy i noticed that your signs are red and war and blue and they have white stars on them which are all components of the confederate flag i mean and, so is the american and, 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 flag and, 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 well, well well so was what was on his tie so uh, and seeing as the Democratic Party was the party of the Confederacy, oh God, this and, guy. and seeing and seeing as that you're a Democrat, are you setting a sign
2: to Confederate people out there? And
1: should you be? The- That's an inane question, okay. uh, honestly. So um, get so- where the
2: design of my um, my yard signs actually came from. It was um, back in 2012. I went to Staples.com to create a palm card and so that's where i i took that from the red white and it, blue but you know yeah. the, the difference is it's it's that, com-
1: it's common to have red white and blue yeah. signs but stars and bars is a confederate motif well
2: and also that flag is available for sale and advertised as confederate you know so i like I just admit it you made a mistake like I've already admitted several mistakes that I've made over the course of my life in this in this past hour a couple of things have come up and I have no problem we all make mistakes we it's it's normal but if you're in a position of leadership and you are in a, in a public position you have to admit when you make mistakes and I've never seen the incumbent do that once that's a problem
1: good evening you're live with mayor
2: Haro
5: good evening gentlemen mayor Haro I'm going to keep this short because I want to get an answer from you I just want to let you know that I happen to work in the education department for the uh, sheriff, and I do take issue with one thing that you said, and I think this is a lot more important than talking about Confederate ties. You stated, if I'm not incorrect in saying this, that a lot of the programs that the sheriff has are faith-based. That is not true. We have a wonderful relationship we have for years with the Department of Ed in which we have graduated so many students, both men and women, to get their high set and to go on to higher ed. We work with FASA, we work with the other schools to help them to go on and to improve their life. Is there
1: a a question other than you testifying for your boss?
5: There's a question that why is uh, he stating the majority of the programs that the mayor, uh, the, the sheriff office, is faith-based. When that's not true, we have educational right, programs.
2: We get the question. Sorry, okay, we get so, a lot of calls to get through. So what I had said was uh, a lot of his programs are faith-based. I didn't say majority. I, I, I wouldn't. It's true you didn't say that. No, I didn't say I didn't yeah, say majority. I, I said a lot of them are faith-based. And what I'm looking for are evidence-based programs. By the way, thanks for the service you do in uh, jail. Good evening. You're live
4: hello uh mayor haru uh, just wondering um what are you going to do to get these jails under control because we've seen two deaths in the last month and riots and um you know we, you hear stories about uh even things even worse that might have happened and so what are you going to do to get these jails under control because it seems like um like it seems like chris seems to think that uh, Paul couldn't control the jails, but to me right now, I don't know if anyone's in charge of these jails except maybe the detainees based on what happened in 2020. So curious what you're going to do to get these jails under control.
2: Thanks for the call. All right, thank you. So, you know, management requires setting expectations and having standards. Um, it involves making sure that everybody's on the same page and that... You know, when people are all working in the same direction, when anybody uh, isn't working in the same direction, as, as Chris said, people aren't going to respect me, then, you know, we just have to go with progressive discipline. You know, and I, I just you know, going back to what he said, you know, I don't have an issue with respect to where I work now. There are some people who really don't like me. Absolutely. I, definitely that happens. You know, and there's some people who really do enjoy working with me. But, um, but we have an excellent uh, city core of, uh, and I, I mean that like you know, city employees, you know, because we're all working in my job is to help them do their job. And it'll be the same thing working in jail. My job is to help them do their job. The corrections officers are the professionals. Those are the people who are, um, you know, interacting with the inmates. And the job of the sheriff is to be the chief executive officer of that organization. So making sure that we have the standards, um, you know, that are, uh, you know, basically uh, going to be followed by everybody and then engaging in progressive discipline you have conversation you know first you have a, a- like a, like a counseling, and then you can do a letter of counseling, and then you can do a letter of reprimand, and then you can start with, you know, even higher level, you know, and if, if people fall into line, then good. And, and part of that is working with labor attorneys, you know, so that way we're not violating the rights of the people who uh, work for the uh, jail system. But, you know, that's, you know, setting those standards is, you know, the first thing as far as the suicides go now that suicide is a very complicated issue suicide is you know it's oftentimes a result of hopelessness it's not that people want to die and so for people who come back into the system over and over again and they you know they're not getting the support they need to get back out into society if we can restore their sense of uh, like dignity that they can actually get back on their feet you know that we you know are hoping helping them with uh, discharge planning um, then we can help restore you know that they will. You know it'll just decrease the number of suicides. That's par- part of it. That's changing the culture. But then there's also the more specific uh, practices of making sure that we have like one-to-one monitoring when somebody is on a suicide watch. Not every 15 minutes. I mean, I don't even know what that well, is.
1: let's let's actually get into that. And then uh, I got to take a break. So let's get into that after. So if you're on the line, please stay on the line. We're uh, we're live here with Mayor Haru till nine o'clock. Why should you download? This-